With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to a new episode of Land Grant Holy Land Stick to Sports Podcast. My name is Matt Tamanini, and as always, I am joined by the one and only Tia Johnston. Tia, week one of the Ohio State football season is in the books. How are you feeling about the world and life in general, you know, now that we have Buckeye games to look forward to on Saturdays? I feel like the sun is a little brighter, and there's more of a pep in my step. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, like on top of the world after Saturday, and not even just because Ohio State was back, but because the Big Ten was back. And it was so much fun. Like this football Saturday for the Big Ten was bonkers entertaining, which which we'll get into. Um, But I am a little surprised to hear how excited you were i guess after the game it makes sense i want to talk about like before and during the game here in a minute but just so everybody knows since this is only our second episode of stick to sports on this podcast we're going to talk about things around the periphery of ohio state athletics as well as the things that keep us distracted and entertained between games now tia the reason i was a little surprised by you being so excited was because you are a notoriously nervous fan um, I feel like during a game, anytime you check in during Slack, you know, on Slack during games or anything, like I feel like you could like <laughs> hyperventilate slash vomit slash pass out at any point. So after the game, you felt good. How did you feel before the game and especially during the first half? Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm, I am, <laughs> I am a nervous fan always, but especially for the first game, just because Ohio State is notorious for having those first game jitters Mm -hmm. and I was like we we really can't afford to have that this season because we only have eight games to prove ourselves so I was like okay we have to come out of the gate looking our best and can we do that and then sure enough (laughs) (laughs) I mean that Nebraska touchdown I was like our season is over like I went I went full-on dramatic (laughs) over the top but I Ohio State always, I mean, even if they don't get it together in the first half, they always come in the second half better. And I yeah, just I forget that. that. And it no matter how many times they prove me wrong, I am still just a nervous wreck. And that game did not help. No, that is very understandable. Now, last week, you mentioned the fact that you don't normally get to watch games with your husband because he is otherwise disposed on most Saturdays. He was home this Saturday. Does, does the experience of watching the game with Cam differ than from when you're alone? Are your nerves still as bad? Are they worse? You know, in years past, when people were allowed to travel, you would have other people around. Like, is it different for you when you're with Cam or other people? Or are you more or less nervous when you're by yourself? Watching with Cam is is okay. It's better than with other people. I I don't know if it's because I'm getting older, but like, I need <laughs> to be alone when I watch games. Yeah. I just get... It's I because get sh- you're getting older. Yeah. <laughs> Like, I get stressed in crowded bars just based off of, like, people's reactions. I want to be able to, like, leave the room if I need to. So, but Cam, (laughs) he helps me because he, 
like he has literally been on the field in some of these situations. So he's like, oh, they'll get it together or here's what Ryan Day would be telling them or, you know, he knows exactly when to worry and when not to worry. So he helps me with that. And especially with that first Nebraska touchdown, he's like, Ohio State isn't losing this. Like, they're just not. That's good that he uh, is there to reinforce uh, (laughs) the positives when you go complete bonkers pessimist uh, during games. So that's good. That's a good husband. That's what a husband should do. Exactly. (laughs) I used to like go, especially when I didn't live around family, like I would go to the alumni club game watches and bars and and whatever and watch them. And those are fun. And like, it's, it's cool and everything. But like, the older I get one, the more I realize that everybody else who watches these games is dumb and has no idea what they're doing or what they're talking about. And they get upset (laughs) about things that they shouldn't. But then also like, I want to just sit on a couch and I want to watch. I want to hear what's going on. If someone gets hurt, I want to be able to hear what the what is going on. Yes. And I don't want to have to worry about like someone trying to get me to pay a tab with five minutes left in a close game. <laughs> like, just leave me alone. I'll order food or I'll eat. I'll, you know, I'll be able to, you know, not spend a thousand dollars to watch a football game. So it's definitely part getting older. It's part realizing that everyone else is stupid. Yeah. And yeah, so welcome to being old. (laughs) And plus the announcers, you can't hear the announcers during games, which is sometimes like, or during games at a bar, which is sometimes good. Like the announcers. We're going to get there. We're going to get there. We're going to get there. But I also sometimes need them to tell me what happened or what is being reviewed or how a play went or I, cause I can't follow every single thing on the field. Like some people can. And so that also helps me calm my nerves. And especially when like, there's like the TVs are small and they're like, you know, 30 feet away. And like, you just can't literally can't see everything. Like, even if you've got like this huge big screens, like we used to go to an alumni club at, I was at a B-dubs, which is great because they've got the huge TVs, but like, you're still, you're kind of grainy. You can't see everything. So like the older I get, I am very much anti watching games in big groups. It just doesn't, I don't see the joy in it unless you're going for reasons other than watching the game. If you're going to like for the social aspect or to get trashed, like, (laughs) okay, do that. But if you're going to watch the game, just stay at home. That's the official Langrant Holy Land sticks to sports podcast position. We will not be changing. We will not hear (laughs) arguments, but you mentioned You want to hear the announcers. And during the game on Saturday, I got in a little bit of a trouble when I tweeted from the Land Grant account at Land Grant 33, by the way, follow, like and subscribe, all that stuff. But I said that I'm not a huge fan of the big nude Saturday announcing team of Gus Johnson and Joel Klatt. And I know that's not popular and I know a lot of people love them, but I want to explain myself a little bit because I have more than 248 characters or whatever it is now, 280 characters. <laughs> but before I do, I just see just so I know we're on the same page in terms of watching games at home as opposed to in bars. Where are you with Gus and Joel before I get into my position? Well, Meredith and I have talked about Gus on our Play Like a Girl podcast frequently, and he yeah. did it again. On Saturday, I know what you're. I know what you're going to say. I know what you're going to say. Can I guess? Can I guess? (laughs) It's uh, the All American Girl, Jenny Taft. Oh my god! I just want to say. I just want to say. I know you have other things to do on Saturdays, but I've been doing this uh, LGHL tailgate podcast before every game day for the last two two seasons. Last season and this season, and anytime we have a Gus and Joel game, I will mention that on the sidelines we have the All American Woman, Jenny Taft. So. Just keep in mind that it is sexist and stupid for him to call her 
an adult f- professional woman a girl. Oh yeah. And I I just <laughs> I don't understand the phrasing like I feel like all American girl is so demeaning. I don't know. It just doesn't sit right with me but Meredith mm-hmm. and I no, are like totally obviously Jenny Taft doesn't have an issue with it because I would like to think that she would maybe tell them like, hey, don't call me that. So, you know, if she doesn't have an issue with it, whatever. But it drives me crazy. I, I mean, I yeah, I it drives me crazy too. My mom, even to this day, like if you say, oh, the uh, Ohio State girls basketball team. No, no, women's yeah. team. You know, like that's something that's like been beaten into my head from a very early age like that's their women and same thing with boys she does the same thing with boys like you know oh i'm gonna go watch the boys play no they're men you know there's it's just a level of respect but especially with women but i will say though jenny taft i believe went to ou um is that right is she the one who went to ou um ohio university but anyway like i don't know that i would take a woman not calling somebody out for like a microaggression of calling her a girl on national television to mean that she doesn't care because like in her position, Gus is the voice of the network. So it's like, you don't want to say anything that like can put you in a bad spot. I'm not going to say that she does have a problem with it, but I'm also not going to say she doesn't just because that's true. she lets it go. Do you know what I mean? Oh, for sure. And you know, choose your battles. Totally. She, she might just be like, uh, it's not worth it, but yeah. Totally. Going back to your question about how I felt about their announcing, I'm not super picky on announcers. However, and I, I've been a fan of Joel Klatt just because he's like, he's very much, or especially last year, he was very much pro Ohio State. Like he was the one voice saying yeah, like that, that team was going to the national championship when nobody thought they would. And then we got to COVID-19 and then most recently this whole targeting debacle like I have not agreed with anything he said since then. Because like I'm used to announcers being wrong like that's just like how it works you know a lot of these guys Yeah. but my problem with Joel is is like he comes in and he likes to portray this like air of intellectual superiority. He's like the thinking man's analyst and I don't think that there's actually any evidence to support that or back that up. He comes into these games with all of these like preconceived notions and opinions and nothing that actually happens in the actual game will ever change his mind. Like with the targeting penalties this weekend, he it's clear he doesn't like the targeting rule. That's fine. Lots of people don't like the targeting rule. Um, Gene and George on the recap, hang out the Holy Land podcast here in this very feed. They had a great suggestion. Gene said, do it like basketball, have a targeting one, targeting two. One is a 15 yard penalty. One's an ejection. That's fine. So there's legitimate reasons not to like the targeting penalty, but Joel was so obviously against the rule, he didn't even pay attention to what was actually happening in these specific instances that they were called. And he was going to get up on his soapbox no matter what, even if those targeting calls, most of them, there was one that was overturned. And I even said it on Twitter before it happened. Like, I, I think this one should be overturned. And it was. But like, ultimately, I think they got most, if not all of them right. But that was not going to stop Joel from getting on his soapbox and, you know, showing his ass about being, you know, the smart guy who knows what's best for these players when that's not your job. And you, you don't nothing that happened in this game actually backs up what you're saying. So that's my thing with him. Like, I am very open about 
being an idiot and not knowing much of anything about anything. And I just want other people to admit that their minds can be changed. And Joel, whether it's targeting or COVID or about, I don't know, any other team, he just does not seem capable of doing that. Yeah, I feel like if you're an announcer, obviously, you're not really supposed to be super opinionated, but there's obviously room for opinions. It's not like you're a New York Times reporter or anything where everything has to be facts. But he was like, you're right, it sounded like it was this agenda he was trying to push about targeting. And he, at one point, he mentioned like, he was a, he accused Justin Fields of putting his receivers in yes, positions what, to get injured. Get the I'm hell like, out of here a with that! It's a fifteen-yard penalty. Yeah, he's yeah he's like talking about how quarterbacks are incentivized to put their their receivers in harm's way to potentially get a penalty. Like first off, that is just dumb. Like these people care about each other for the most part. They don't want the other, their teammates to get hurt. But secondly, if if Justin Fields was going to throw a pass where he knew that Chris Olave or Garrett Wilson could potentially get a targeting call and therefore potentially yeah. get injured like Chris Olave did on a call that was not called targeting, even though it should have been, that 15-yard penalty that he might get then counteracts all of the potential other yards that Chris Olave, who was one of the best wide receivers in the country, would get after the fact. So it is just not only a dumb thing to say to put that on a person who would be willing to do that, but it's dumb from a football perspective, too. No quarterback wants their their wide receivers, especially their best wide receivers, to get potentially injured for 15 <laughs> yards. It's just it's just dumb. It's just dumb, it's dumb, It's a horrible dumb. take. Yeah, it's a terrible take. And uh, I appreciate him having takes, but this one sucked. Um, so moving on to Gus, I actually like Gus a lot for basketball and even more when he's doing other teams' football games. I just don't love him doing Ohio State games because I think he tries so hard to like make his shtick entertaining. And I get his thing with the sayings and all that stuff. He's even got commercials that talks about him making up these sayings. And I get it. I enjoy it. Just not when he's doing Ohio State games, because, you know, maybe it's kind of like we were talking about before about wanting to hear the announcers. Like, I just want to know what's going on. Tell me what's happening. Give me some insight as to why it's happening. Like play by play guys can give insight, too. It's not just the the color commentators that can do that. So I enjoy him in the other side of things. I just don't love him doing Ohio State games because I feel like he tries to draw a little bit more attention away. So when I'm watching games that I don't have a vested interest in, like, oh, yeah, entertain me. Give me your funny sayings, Gus. Yeah. Just not during Ohio State. I mean, I feel like we're spoiled. And and I don't know what your growing up listening, you know, regimen was, but like. I did not grow up with Paul Keels as the voice of the Buckeyes. He came in actually, I think, while I was in college because I'm old. But <laughs> even before him, when it was, I believe, Terry Smith, the voice, Terry Smith, we used to turn the TV sound all the way down and turn on the radio. And there was always a delay, but it was fine. It, was, it wasn't it was that big. Now that I don't live in Ohio, though, like I can't do that because like if you listen on the Internet – it's like a minute or two minute delay and you you can pause it if you want to DVR it and then line it up. That's totally fine. But one, because I do the tweeting for land grant, I can't do that. And two, even if I didn't, I would be on Twitter and I couldn't have the two minute delay. So I would love to just listen to Paul Keels call the game, but it's not feasible in our very online world. So I think that's where my disconnect with not liking Gus doing our games bothers me. Okay, you're <laughs> You're going to be so mad that I'm saying this, but oh my God. I have never heard of anyone else doing that where you mute the announcers and then put on the radio except my grandparents. What? I think you would be surprised. Jump into our mentions anytime I talk about football announcers. Other people do it. 
Just because oh, you I, didn't do it in your I'm household. Not judging. I they just they can't stand the announcers and I don't know when it started, but it doesn't matter who's announcing anymore, they do it every game. Like they don't even give the announcers a chance. Yeah. Oh yeah, growing up. No, growing up, that's just what we did. It was it was I think it was Terry Smith. Was that his name? I think it was Terry Smith. Like we still say one of in my family, we still say one of the things like his catchphrase when a game was decided, not like when it was over, but it was like, okay, this game's over. He used to say, put the dog in the truck. That's when you knew that he thought the game was over. Like if Ohio State scored a touchdown to go up four with like seven minutes left, he's like, well, put the dog in the truck, you know? And so that's, <laughs> we still say that because that's what we grew up listening to. So anyway, that's, that was a lively and interesting conversation about announcers. I want to go to something that is a little less fraught and a little less like divisive. And I want to talk about the thing that stuck out to me the most from this game. And I don't want to talk a ton about it because I wrote an article about it on Sunday um, I just want to mention the fact that Ohio State's best defensive player on Saturday was shot in the face two months ago, and he still played, still recorded his first career sack. And really, I, I genuinely think he was the best defensive player on the field on Saturday for the Buckeyes. Tia, what do you think about the bizarre, inspiring, crazy two-month journey that we've seen from Haskell Garrett? I am baffled. I mean, you see like you see guys out longer for ankle injuries than yeah. you do getting shot in the face. I mean, 2 months. 2 months. Nuts. Ago. Less than 2 months really. I remember hearing the news and I was like, okay, well, he's out for the season. Yeah, or life, like or, career yeah. over maybe. We didn't know how serious it was. And then we started to hear updates from coaches that he he was getting better, but he probably won't play this season. And then it was he wasn't going to play the first game. And then all of a sudden he records the first sack of <laughs> so the season. Weird. And that sack was like the turning point for Ohio State's defense. 100%. And I know you wrote about that in your column, but I think it just the rest of the defense just felt that like inspiration. It was incredible. 100%. Such a great thing. And I hope I, I another reason that I was mad at Gus and Joel this weekend is that like, I think Joel might have like tangentially in passing mentioned this whole story. And I don't know if I kind of guess that like maybe Ohio State didn't yeah. want to talk about, hey, our defensive lineman was shot in the face, even if as of now, all the reports indicate that he was doing it to like break up a man beating on a woman and who knows what's going on. I just thought like, I was like, okay, maybe make a bigger deal out of that. This fact, you know, and I'm hoping we don't like milkshake duck Haskell Garrett. And like, it turns out like, like the story we've been told isn't true. I have no reason to think that is, but like, I just, I hope that's not the case because what an incredible story and journey um, that Haskell Garrett has gone on and what an inspiration. Actually, while we are recording, they are doing the weekly Tuesday Zoom press conferences um, for Ohio State and Haskell Garrett is supposed to be one of the people talking today. So hopefully we will get that video and audio and, and stuff uh, to hear a little bit more about his story. And uh, we'll have that in various articles for the rest of the week at LarryGrantHolyLand.com. But so looking, we look back, we've done a lot of looking back. I want to look forward a little bit to this coming Saturday for a couple different things here, Tia. First off, you um, live in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Um, Ohio State is playing the Pennsylvania State University this weekend. I don't know, is Philly a very, I'm assuming it's a it's a fairly big Penn State town like what is the vibe because Penn, Penn State's not in Philadelphia like Ohio State is in Columbus but is there a, a fairly large Nittany Lion contingent in Philly 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So Philadelphia is definitely an NFL town. But yeah, that makes sense. The second most worn football team would definitely be Penn State. It's about 200 miles away from here, State College. But there's... It's definitely the number one college team worn, even though like Temple is right downtown. Everybody wears Penn State. And I think that's because like the the kids that go to Penn State probably come yeah. here to work. That's the vibe I'm getting because it's mainly that age group. Yeah. It's funny you asked me that, though, because the next morning after Penn State lost to Indiana in the way that they did. <laughs> God, what an amazing game. That was amazing. amazing. But Cam and I went to the grocery store and there was this guy who was wearing a Penn State hat, a Penn State hoodie, and a Penn State sweatpants. I respect that. Cam was like, would you be doing that? Like, if your team just lost? And I'm like, well, we're in Penn State country. Like, it's different if you're not in Pennsylvania. You probably, I don't know, wouldn't sport that. Uh no, you have to do it more. Like, no, 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 no. You're 100% wrong. So I have lived... I, I graduated from Ohio State in March. I moved to Chicago in August. And I have not... This was in 2004? 2004. I have not lived in Columbus since then. I've lived all over the place for the last... Uh, I guess 14 years I've lived in the deep South and SEC country. Every time Ohio state has lost like in a national championship game or the playoffs, the next day you're damn straight that I'm wearing an Ohio state hat or a sweatshirt or something, because I want to prove that I'm not like all these bandwagon folks in SEC country who decide they're going to jump on whatever bandwagon is hot that day. I am Buckeye born and bred live or die. I'm repping the Buckeyes win or lose, but especially when they lose. So I respect this guy going head to toe to the grocery store, even if it is in Penn State country. I do too. I respect him. I will say, like, I'm I'm not proud of this, but I remember being at the Penn State game. We lost whenever that was, 2016. Whatever, and then I blocked it out. We went home the next day, I think, and I didn't wear Ohio State clothes because I just, I couldn't take the smack talk or the, the banter in the hotel. Like, I just, I would have erupted if somebody yeah, said well, something to me the next day so i just went i just yeah. wore neutral clothing well that's different too because you were in penn state territory like you were literally i'm assuming staying fairly close to state college yes and like so that's different than like if you if i was staying in clemson south carolina after the festival last year that's a little different so right. I, I think you're fine there and you know yourself like it could have resulted in you getting an assault charge so exactly. i'm glad that you decided <laughs> Decided not to. You know me so well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, so before I get into this next thing, looking forward to this Penn State game, I want to just make it very clear that there is literally nothing that could be on television that I would want to watch instead of an Ohio State game, especially a game in prime time against the Nets. So I'm not saying like, oh, I have to make a huge sacrifice to not watch this thing and watch the Ohio State game instead. That's not what I'm saying. Like, there's nothing that I want to watch more than Ohio State game. But on... Saturday night at the exact same time 
as the game actually starts a half an hour later, starts at 8 p.m. The Hallmark Channel is debuting a uh, their latest Christmas movie, One Royal Holiday. Now, just in general, Tia, like I am a fan of of Hallmark movies. Like I don't watch every single one. I don't um, feel the need to like DVR them and watch them all because I know they're going to be reruns. But like I will turn them on and like have them on in the background. Like I'm writing an article or if I'm working on something or if I'm just chilling, like I'll have it on in the background. But the one this weekend is very special to me because as some listeners or, or followers on Twitter might know, like for almost a decade, eight years of my life, like I worked and I still do freelance stuff in the world of Broadway theater. And basically every single person who's in this movie is a Broadway star. It's called One Royal Holiday. Let me read the description. It is the most Hallmark holiday movie description you've ever heard. Um, (laughs) When Anna offers a stranded mother and son shelter in a blizzard, she learns that they are the royal family of the unbelievably fictional Gullwick. Okay. Anna shows the prince how they do Christmas in her hometown, encouraging him to open his heart and be true to himself. Um, (laughs) It has like everybody in this is like a Broadway star. Laura Austin has played Cinderella on Broadway. Uh, Victoria Clark played actually her fairy godmother in Cinderella. They've both been multiple Tony nominees. Aaron Tveit, who's the prince, he's going to win a Tony this year um, for Moulin Rouge. Crystal Joy Brown was actually playing Eliza Hamilton on Broadway and Hamilton when everything shut down. So this will be the thing that on Sunday morning, if not immediately after the game, I will turn on on the DVR to watch because these are my people. Is that weird? No, but has this not is this not already a movie or do they just release like the same title every yes. year? <laughs> no, different, t- different title, same plot description. It's the same. <laughs> That's what's great about the Hallmark movies. Like you don't have to pay attention because they're all the exact same. Like they're, they, there's like two or three different storylines. They just recycle it. It's like somebody from out of town, whether it's a prince or, or a business person comes to town and they don't understand what's so great about small town living. And we're going to show them with these incredibly fake, not real holiday traditions, just how great Christmas is. Someone's always wearing flannel yeah. um, and they're not going to kiss until the very end. It's just it's the same. But I love it because they're they're just cheesy. I, I actually interviewed back in the spring, one of the queens of Hallmark movies, Jen Lilly, like behind Lacey Chabert and, and um, Candace Cameron Bure, like it's Jen Lilly. And she said, she's like, Hallmark movies are like the mac and cheese of pop culture. It's just gooey. It makes you warm. It's nothing really substantive, but it's just like, all right, yeah, that feels good. So that's my thing with Hallmark movies. <laughs> I will be watching one Royal Holiday and then all of the other weird ones in these next two months that are basically the same movie, just with different people, whether it's on Hallmark, Hallmark movies, mysteries, plus Netflix gets into it. Lifetime gets into it. Everybody is trying to do this because it's been so successful for Hallmark. I can't wait for those movies to start coming out. And that gives me something to turn the channel to. If all hell breaks loose. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. In the game. Right. Oh, game. I thought you meant the world. So, yeah, yeah, that too, that too. Uh, (laughs) All right, so that brings us here to the end of the show, and we decided last weekend that we are going to do recommendations at the end of each episode. So, Tia, what is your recommendation for people to check out this week? I'm going with my second favorite, because my first favorite was Schitt's Creek, which was yesterday, or last week. 
The Great British Baking Show. Mm, very good. Which is for all the reasons you just mentioned. And Brits just have the strangest humor. And that's like the one reason I watch it because they will like, the the hosts are just so weird. <laughs> they make <laughs> these jokes that aren't funny, but like I'm still laughing because I'm like, I can't believe you just said that. You've seen so it, good. right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I yeah. used to watch it when it was on PBS before it was, like, on Netflix. Like, when they would just, like, randomly throw seasons on PBS, like, six months after they aired in, in the UK. But yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know what I mean about their just really strange yeah. humor. And then the difference between this baking show and other baking shows, if you are a fan of baking shows like me. I am. Like, the American baking shows are are very serious and dramatic, I feel, like... If somebody does something wrong, it's just this very serious thing. And the judges are kind of yeah. mean. The music is do-do-do. Yeah. Whereas the Great British Baking Show, it's like, it's it's not like that. The whole show is just happy and uplifting. And if somebody messes up, they're just kind of like laughing about it. And I'm over here like gasping and like yelling as if I'm watching a football team. Like, no. <laughs> <laughs> their cake falls over or something did you see um sb nation and, and banner society's ryan nanny sent out a tweet on saturday and he said when and our former colleague matt brown disputed this but he said that he has come to the decision that paul hollywood is the embodiment of ohio state fans like i don't <laughs> agree with that at all how do you come down on that I don't know what he means by that. Uh, I'll see. Hold on. Let me see if I can find the tweet. Okay. Ryan Danny at Celebrity Hot Tub, which is his Twitter handle. Um, his tweet was Clink's fork against glass. I've decided Paul Hollywood is an Ohio State fan. I won't be taking any questions. And then our friend uh, Matt Brown. Let me see his response because he got into it. He really broke this down. He took this personally. Uh, as an Ohio State person, he said, I've, I've been thinking about this for two hours. I don't think it's Ohio State. He's pompous, passive aggressive and thinks the top reward for a job well done is a handshake. He has the facial hair, but is more Michigan or Minnesota energy than OSU. And then he goes on, as much as I'd love to make him a Michigan man, Hollywood also apparently dressed up as a Nazi once as a joke, and a Michigan man would never be so cavalier about World War II history. So... <laughs> I'll send you over these tweets if you want to inspect them a little bit more closely. But uh, yeah, I don't I don't I'm, I'm not on board with that. Maybe it's just because like I am an Ohio State person and I don't take quite kindly to that. But maybe uh, because people don't like Paul Hollywood. Oh, yeah. And they don't like us either. And yeah, that's the only like correlation I'm seeing. But maybe that's just because, again, I'm kind of offended. <laughs> well, yeah, I think like what he's saying is that Paul Hollywood's like kind of a douche. And I think that's kind of what most people think of Ohio State fans, even though I don't yeah. think that's true. I get it. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I kind of get it. Look, we check our mentions on a Saturday. Ohio State fans are not anything to write home about, but um, some of them are also wonderful uh, and very, very, very funny. So anyway, OK, my recommendation is the complete opposite of that. I had something else saved and maybe I'll keep it for next week. But just a few short hours before we started recording on Tuesday, Tia, Peacock, which is NBC streaming service that nobody actually knows exists, released a new trailer for the Saved by the Bell reboot. And they finally released the day that the series will be premiering. It'll be premiering on Peacock TV on November 25th. And 
in the previous uh, teasers and trailers, Jesse and Slater have appeared in this one. Kelly and Zach appear as well. I went nuts. I am quite a bit older than you, Tia, but this is my childhood. Like Saved by the Bell was my favorite show growing up. Um, I've interviewed the creator of Saved by the Bell. Um, this is my jam so much. And this show looks so good. It's making fun of the original series while also being like a very modern show and telling modern stories. So I am so in on the Saved by the Bell reboot that it is absolutely ridiculous. I saw you tweet or quote tweet the announcement with, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. Yeah. And I was like, well, that's yeah, going to be his happening. recommendation. <laughs> yeah. It is. This is not a drill and this is not a put on for social media. Like literally. OK, so a friend of mine and I he ended up being one of my roommates in college. Like when we were in high school, if we like slept over at each other's houses or whatever. Like one of the things we would do is try to stump each other on Saved by the Bell trivia. It was not something that we could do. My brother probably rem I don't remember a lot of it now, but my brother still does. He'll be like. Uh, so what color shirt was Mr. Testaverde wearing in this episode of Saved by the Bell? I have no idea, but my brother knows. Like, it's, I have, I've got the entire box set. I'm looking at it on the shelf in my office right now. Um, this is a big deal, a big, big deal for me. So I appreciate everybody's support in this very exciting <laughs> time in my life. Can I just admit something? Oh, God, Tia, oh, things were going so well. Please don't do it. <laughs> I've never seen an episode. Now, look, I get it. You, like I said, you are much younger than I am. So it was like you missed it. But like this literally is, I, and I'm saying this without without irony at all. Saved by the Bell is one of the most influential television shows in the history of the tween uh, teenage genre. Because it was so far ahead of its time. Like there would be no Disney Channel you know, shows, and I don't even know what they are because I don't know anything about Disney Channel, but like any of those shows that you grew up watching where there were like kids who were like 13 to 17 years old, they would not exist without Saved by the Bell. And they actually tried to do things that were serious. They had multiple shows about drug abuse way before that ever happened before. And this was on like a comedy Saturday morning TV show. So um, I joke about my love of Saved by the Bell because like it's stupid and it's it's goofy, but like I sincerely believe that it is a seminal series in television history. But that's why I'm like slightly embarrassed that I haven't watched an episode because I don't I don't have that much of an excuse. Like being young isn't an excuse for it because it used to be on. I oh, remember yeah, it was on all the time, and I would watch like Full House. The Cosby Show. That one didn't age as what well. What else? Yeah. Or like the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. I would watch those, and then it would be on after or something, okay. and I just never watched it. And a lot of my friends love it too. So now I feel like I can't watch the reboot until I watch the old series. I am taking back. I'm taking back giving you some <laughs> leeway on not watching it. So now you are okay. a bad person, is what that. I'm saying, because you've never seen. It. Yeah, that's the thing too. Is it's like I don't know how you can like. Everyone talks about how great Better Call Saul is, but like I didn't get in on Breaking Bad when it happened. Like I just didn't have time to jump in. And then like it's so much work to get caught up on something to watch the reboot or the sequel or the spinoff. And it's just like I don't have time for that. So like I understand yeah. that it's hard to go back and watch however many seasons of <laughs> a kid's show from the 80s and 90s. So like I understand why you wouldn't want to do that. But I am going to 
love every second of this show. And there's also a podcast going on right now starring Mark Paul Gossler, who is the star. Where I can't believe we're talking this much about Saved by the Bell. You can feel free to edit any and all of this out if you want to. But it's called Zack to the Future because his character was Zack Morris. And for the, he has not watched any Saved by the Bell episodes since, like, filming them. And him and another guy, like go through and they're watching every episode together and talking about it. So that's a great listen too. But I love Say by the Bell. I'm sure the majority of our listeners are on your side with this. Both of our listeners who love Say by the Bell hit me up on Twitter. Um, <laughs> anyway, all right. <laughs> that is all that we have for this week's Land Grant Holy Land Stick to Sports podcast. Don't forget to follow Land Grant Holy Land on Twitter at LandGrant33. You can find me at BW Matt. Tia, where can people find you? At Tia Johnston underscore. We gotta fix that. Um, <laughs> anyway, if you are finding this episode on our website, don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We have so many different podcasts coming to you every single day, Monday through Sunday, seven days a week. will be a different podcast episode throughout the entire season. And as you can tell by this episode, they will all have wildly different perspectives and focuses, something that you cannot get anywhere else in the Ohio State podcasting universe. Thanks for listening. We will talk to you soon. And as always, go Bucks.